Hey everybody, welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. Today we're shining the spotlight on Hope Suggett, and she is a minister, a shaman, um, spiritual healer, basically an author, and the founder of the Yes Quest. And my dogs have decided to have a little polling session right when we start. So hi, <laughs> hi, hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk about all these exciting spiritual matters. And thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I was so glad that you reached out. And um, as I was reading your bio, you have such a fascinating history and, and background. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because I will. Yeah. I love to. It's a very interesting story. And I'm sure actually that other people have similar stories, but maybe they haven't taken them to the extreme that I have. So I'll just start with my love as a child for hugging trees and singing to rocks. And I had my family convinced I was crazy, but it was something I couldn't stop. I just felt this beautiful energy whenever I hug a tree and I would pick up rocks and I would just could not help but sing to these rocks. And of course, you know, that was very much discouraged in my very Christian home. I thought I was a, a little wacky. And so as I grew up, you know, I kind of let all those things slide by. But by the time I was in my 20s, I realized that I was missing a deeper connection to my spirit. And I knew that Christianity was not going to be it for me only because it felt a little limiting almost, and I wanted to be expansive in my relationship with God. So I started exploring different avenues. It led me to a book called The Spiral Dance by Starhawk. If you have never read that book, please pick it up. It, it really talks about earth-based uh, traditions and spirituality. And so that kind of opened my eyes to a different way of being, which just launched me into all kinds of different experiences. I started, I took a shamanic workshop at Brighton Bush in Oregon in the early 90s. And from there, it just ex exploded. The, the experience was so profound and it, and it kind of gave me a sense of always being connected to something bigger and deeper than myself and somewhere where I can always turn for answers for every question. And then my divination took off. I took a class in Beaverton from a gentleman named Norman at the Crystal Wizard. And he taught me how to use my intuition. He recognized that I was highly intuitive and he taught me to use that intuition to divine, to go deeper into the truth, to bring out the truth. And so then I ended up taking all of the things that I've learned in the course of 35 years and um, all of the um, year and a day experiences I've had. I lived with a Native American shaman for a year. I took a year and a day with a Dianic witch in California. I mean, I just really wanted to immerse myself as deeply as I could into the experience. And then I took all of that and started teaching other people. Not what I learned specifically from these experiences, but more of what they can learn from experiencing these on their own. So um, yeah, and that's my whole foundation of my practice is not to be the healer, but to teach people how to heal themselves. 
how to get past the limits and those um, these messages or life lessons that they've learned when they were young and never unlearned them, even when they no longer suited them. Right. So we are always growing, always expanding, and those lessons keep changing and they keep expanding with us. And if we don't pay attention to that, then we tend to be out of balance and unhappy. And sometimes even diseases follow. And that's where the shamanic practice comes in because the whole principle around shamanism is to get to that root cause of the disease and to disrupt it, to interfere it, to reverse it, to go back in time and make it not even be applicable. So these are the things that I offer to my clients and my students. Wow, that's a fascinating range. It sounds so custom built for each person and group. Yep, thank you for bringing that up. It is custom. I do group classes, that is true, but it's on basic topics like stone grid magic or, you know, just all kinds of things like that. But when I work one-on-one -on -one with a client, it is tailored specifically to them. So what I do for one client, I may not offer to another, but it's all there. I also um, embrace this tasvas. It's T, oh gosh, I hope I spell it right. T-A-T-T-V-A-S. It's a Hindu energy principle that I learned from an aromatherapist that, um, also uses aromatherapy to trigger into uh, change and shift people's dimensions internally and externally. And so there's that, there's sound therapy, there's crystal therapy, there's all different modalities, including touch. You know, I have, um, I, I'm not a Reiki person. I try to be a Reiki person, but the Reiki master who is teaching me actually said, no, you don't need Reiki. That's not for you. You have an energy of your own that you work with. And so I started working more with that. And um, now I can do energy work with somebody and they don't have to get undressed or anything. And it's, it's an amazing experience. I don't know how to explain it. I call it mother touch because I feel like I'm bringing up mother energy from the earth and just just shining it on somebody. It's not coming from me. I want to be perfectly clear. All the work I do is coming from a higher place and it's coming, I'm being directed by my client's uh, spiritual team. Their ancestors, their uh, helpers, you know, are the ones that are guiding me to help them. I become my client's avatar, actually, in the channel for them to access their own healing. Oh, wow. That's so that do you do like remote healing as well as in-person healing then yeah as long as i know where a person is i can literally in my mind travel there and see their body and feel them and know exactly where to direct that energy i have helped people in south america australia greece all over the world with this remote healing Energy is not limited by time and space. It is present always and always around us. And how we work with that energy um, is, is through intention and through a mindfulness, a clarity of exactly what our intention is. Right. Yeah. 
So, so it becomes easy to do remote. Easy. Right. And do you feel like um, you have to go into things with the intention of a specific outcome or do you kind of allow the guides to kind of take it where they need to take it? I allow the guys to take it where they need to take it. And that shows up more in my one-on-one -on -one tarot readings that I do. I use divination a lot to illustrate somebody, a story to somebody. You have, in fact, I will be honest with you. I ask my clients not to even tell me what their question is. I don't oh. even want to know. Right. I want to go directly to the source and let the universe tell them exactly what they need to know. Sometimes it addresses directly the question, and sometimes they have to think about it and go, oh, my gosh, I get an email three or four days later. You were so right, Hope. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know that this is really what the root of the issue was, and that reading really addressed it. You know, So I make sure that they fully understand, and, of course, I can retain a message for a couple of days. So if they have follow-up questions, they can always, you know, well, can you talk deeper about this or can you share more about that? And of course I, I can. So it helps them to understand that, you know, we as humans think that we have it, that we, that we know ourselves and we know, um, and that we understand what's going on in our lives. But sometimes we're not asking the right question. We, you know, if sometimes we, I'm just going to take money for instance, okay? Because that's a biggie with a lot of people. So we want more. How do I become more abundant? How do I increase the wealth in my life and things like that? Well, really, the issue could be around fear of money or feeling like they're not deserving. And so that is what needs to be addressed and not how do I do this? You see what I mean? You have to break it down to a, a core issue right and that's why divination helps because divination will tell us what that core issue is and get away from our mind away from our ego does that make right. sense oh yeah totally because a lot of times the core issue is creating symptoms and the symptoms could be of a of a, a they could be in love they could be in relationships they could be in abundance they could be in health exactly and all of those things then tie mm -hmm. into that core issue. Exactly. Exactly. And so because the person may not be aware of what that core issue is, divination steps in and says, hey, listen, let's look at this. This is why you are where you are. This is what's really happening. And this is what you can do to change it. Now, be aware that this is based on what's being presented in the moment. And that's why I don't do permission questions. Can I move to Texas? Will I meet my perfect partner? Um, should I take this job? That kind of stuff is free will. And I can say, no, don't move to Texas. And you're like, I'm out of here. And you're gone. You know what I mean? So it's a matter of um, showing the person what the picture is. And and what their choices are, and then leaving it up to them on what they want to do about it, because free will is free will. It's the one thing that makes us uniquely human and different from um, animals who act on instinct and angels who have no choice at all. 
and spirit animals who have no choice at all. They are just pure love and operate from that. But we have choices. Right, right. You said something. Oh, you know, not only free will, but also self-responsibility. Yes. (gasps) So huge. Self-responsibility. What a great word. It's different than accountability. Self-responsibility goes deeper. I agree. That's a gr- I'm going to have to use that term. Thank you so much. Self-responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times when I'm doing readings or working with somebody in a, in a coaching or, or energetic um, sense, they are looking not only for validation, mm. but also, and a lot of times you're not telling them anything they don't know. It's just... Yeah. Like, we're hitting, you know, the the points on for them, but it's also a thing about I I let people know too, like I can't make this choice for you, um, and ultimately I don't want to feel responsible at the end of the day, or why I don't, you know, um, I always use like a test. I can tell you you're going to pass, but if you don't study, if you go and party until five o'clock in the morning the night. <laughs> Or if you roll in, you know, then it's not my fault that you don't pass it. And then I'm not necessarily wrong in my reading. You're you reading. Know? Exactly. And people, oh, they, they kind of forget that. They forget that self-responsibility part. And it was the part that was going to keep me from exploring this as a business. That sense uh-huh. of responsibility. I didn't want to be responsible for anything that came out of the reading. And then I was like, Hope, you're not responsible. You are the conduit. You are the channel. You are the message deliverer. Do not shoot the messenger. If you don't like the message, if you're not going to work with the message, if you're going to deny the truth that is being presented to you because you don't like what it says, then that's on you. You know, you, you can only do so much for a person but like you said self-responsibility they're going to have to step up and take it from there that's why i'm so happy with the clients that i have i don't have clients who just want me to constantly fix them fix them fix them they want to learn how to live the life of their dreams you know those are the clients that i attract and um and they are self-responsible a they know that I'm a no-nonsense counselor. I, I, I don't take excuses. I don't hold hands and coddle people and say it's going to be all right. And I'll, No. If comforting is one thing, but when you come to me for some work and you're ready to do the work, we're going to work. We are going to do the work. And they, there may be tears. But I will have the tissues and the dry shoulder for you to cry on. But we're going to keep persevering and move through it because you came here for some help, and I'm and I'm going to make sure you get it. But like right. you said, what you do after that is up to you. Right, right. So you kind of combine everything in your toolbox then when working with a person. So you might bring in a touch of the shamanic um, yeah. aspects of things. Um, and no nonsense coaching and then use the cards as like a direction and maybe support them with energy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also, so, and, and also homework. I may give homework, you know, it may be, um, here's an, here's a, an oil blend that I'm going to custom make for you. 
And then you're going to apply it in these areas of your body in this direction on these times of it. I mean, specific because nature is our medicine. And when we attune to that vibration, whether it be numbers, plants, crystals, time of day, um, time of week, moon phase, all of that plays into a recipe of healing. It's like a prescription, you know, you're going to take a prescription from a Western medicine doctor. You might as well take a prescription from a shaman. It's going to look different. It will not be a pill. It will be work. It will be energy work that you have to participate in, you know, so, but it does the same thing. Right, right. And I think that that's a good way of looking at it too, because there are so many, you know, too many people say either or. So either Western medicine or um, alternative medicine. And I think it's really important to do a combination of both in order to get the best results. Yes. I go to Western medicine for diagnosis and then I go to my energy healers for healing. I am not big on taking pills. I'm not big on, on, on that kind of stuff, but um, I know that it works for people and I'm not going to poo poo it. I'm just going to say, open yourself up to healing on all levels, which, you know, also brings up the fact that a lot of people, because this is becoming a, a mainstream and kind of Hollywoodized, um, I think that they're losing faith in the ability that this would be a legitimate healing modality for them. And that concerns me. And it concerns me that there seems to be a rise of charlatans out there. Uh, I'm going to just put it out there that there are people out there that are out there for the money and will victimize the client. And then, of course, the client is like, this isn't going to work and they're not going to be willing to open up to somebody else to help them. So there's a I'm working on a book called uh, The Ethics of Energy Work. And this is one of the things that I address in that, that we don't have a standards of practice that we are held to. We don't have a governing body to make sure that we're not out there hurting people. And so we have to self-regulate ourselves and to um, hold ourselves to a higher standard of ethics so that we can reassure the public that we have their best interests at heart and we're not going to hurt them. Right. And I love that you brought that up and I love that you're addressing that in the community. Um, in my past role, I was, um, I did a lot of uh, quality assurance and um, recruiting for a psychic hotline. Oh. And I was saddened, really saddened by what people were actually selling, you know, because um, yeah. it does cheapen the rest of our work. And I'm, I want to go into, like, I'm the one who wants to go into a lab. I want to have a white coat. I want to be... Um, exposed to all of the, you know, measurements and rigorous um, studies and things like that, because I do feel, you mentioned it before, holistic, every plane, every angle, you know, they, they used to dissect the body into pieces. They would say, oh, it's a liver problem and not really realize that the liver problem was causing the skin problem, was causing the digestive problem, was causing the bone problem. Um, was showing in the blood kind of thing. And so we're realizing that we're not just chunks. 
you know, kind of mushed together. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's why I'm doing this holistic medicine practitioner program so that I can, yes, so that I can actually become certified, you know, and that's another thing that, um, that kind of is part of this whole ethics thing is that we are now at a place in our field that we need to be legitimatized. We need to have documentation and certificates and all this other kind of stuff, which opens up a whole nother business of charlatans to, you know, say, well, I can teach you this, you know, give me a thousand dollars and I'll, you know, that kind of is ridiculous. And, but I'm going to do this, this whole, this holistic medicine practitioner program is legitimate. It is from a credentialized, you know, college and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of a good way for me to be able to address educationally um, what somebody else's issues are. Um, I have been in the medical field for years and years and years on every level. Started out as a CNA. I was a surgical pathology technician. I was a, okay. uh, Oh my gosh. Uh, I've been um, an audiologist assistant. I have sold health insurance. I have uh, appealed Medicare denied claims. I mean, I've been kind of like all over the board. So I do have a very strong background in the medical field. This is just something that helps me to offer my clients a more complete package when it comes to health issues, physical health issues. Mental health issues, I address totally different. So, and I probably would um, refer to them to uh, a trusted, trusted psychologist or psychiatrist, whatever their spirit team feels they need. I, I don't mess with people's heads. I deal with energy, physical energy. Uh, here's my understanding of how the physical issues arise, is that we have a thought, a belief, that generates a vibration, an emotional vibration within us that then manifests within us as disease. So it's a matter of just reestablishing that harmony of, of disrupting the, the thought patterns and the energies that come from those thought patterns and disrupt the disease. So that's kind of like where my focus is. However, most of my clients come to me for life change issues. I've had clients that have signed up with me for six month programs, uh, year uh, 12 month programs where they actually want to change their entire life. And we break it down session by session. It's usually one session a month on how to make these changes, how to shift and become a different person even. And oh my gosh, we've had awesome success with that. Awesome. There's a lot of unhappy people out there that have given up the hope of ever having a happy life. And that's ridiculous. I don't care how old you are. You could be 103 years old. If you're unhappy, come see me because I'm not going to have you dying unhappy. That's, that we, we as God's creatures are deserving of happiness automatically. It's not something that we have to judge and say, well, there's so much suffering in the world. How can I be happy? And no, we need you to be happy so that you can change that suffering so that you can lift up the global vibrations so anyway that's that's kind of like where i'm at helping well, individuals so they can help the world <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely well and that's important too and i think that you're really you know we are at a crossroads and at a place in you know history 
where there is this sh really big shift occurring right now. And um, some of us have been, you know, kind of on the forefront or kind of running alongside of this change, kind of trying to figure out, number one, how to make it in our own lives, how to live the changes and how to be what we want to see, to use Gandhi's words, mm -hmm. you know, but um, then also how to help other people become what yeah. they want to be. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I truly believe that when you're a happy, fulfilled person, just living that life, you become the example for mm -hmm. other people. When you're living your truth and you're, you know, you, you're withholding your boundaries, you're, um, you're doing all of this. You just become this living example for everybody that you encounter, you know, say for instance, you're in a grocery store and the checkout girl is having a horrible day and boy, she doesn't mind sharing it with you. You know, it's, in that moment, you get to choose if you're going to participate in that vibration or raise it up. Well, hey, the guy behind you is watching this. So you are an example for everybody who is witnessing that as well as the checker. Right. Different of not going down that road. And everybody thinks of this. There's this um, you do it to me. I'm going to do it to you mentality, you know, and that's so not the way of peace that's not how you bring peace into your own life and it's not how you bring peace into the world you have to be like you said you have to be what you want to see in the world right and yeah. i really love the fact that you you brought up something you know kind of that i feel like is you know from the 1950s or whatever moving forward is that um i'm going to give it back to you yeah. you know me where it could just be like, I've learned, okay, there are days when I give it back. You know, I can't say there are. <laughs> We're human. We're human. But there are days when I'm just like, you know, the person who is, you know, cranky or irritated or irritating um, really just needs understanding. They need an ear to listen to them. They need, you know, they need to be treated better. Because then that is them. Yes, because they're hurting. You know, yeah. they're not acting like this, you know, because they're, no, they're, because, oh, something that somebody taught me a long, long time ago and has helped me immensely is that when things like that happen or anytime is to not to assume the worst in somebody, mm -hmm. but to assume the best of them. And if, therefore, if you assume the best of them and they're behaving this way, something is wrong. And you need right. to be compassionate about that. And right. that really opened my eyes about how to be with people who are in pain. Because mm -hmm. I, I have been targeted. I mean, intentionally targeted with hatred, with um, oppression, and all of that thing. If I buy into that and participate in it, how does that raise my happiness? How does that help me at all? So I just don't. I just compassionately don't engage, you know? However, if it's somebody who is hurting, like 
really suffering in my presence, I, I have to I have to at least touch them. And I may ask them, can do you need a hug? Can I hug you? Can, who turns down a hug? And I've had people actually ask me out of the blue on the bus, in the store, you know, when we pass each other, oh hi, how's it going? Have a great day, that kind of stuff. Can I have a hug? I'm like, sure. And it reminds me of those people who hold signs, free hugs, and I must have this perpetual free sign on me. Because seriously, and uh, people used to not believe me, but my gosh, when they start hanging out with me on a regular basis, they start seeing it, you know, of, oh my gosh, she didn't even know you. And I'm like, in a way she did. She, because people are attracted to light, even if they're not aware that that's what's going on, you know? Right. So it's, that's our job. If we are light workers, energy workers, healers, teachers, we are that 24 seven. Are we human? Yes. Are we going to feel our humanness? Absolutely. We are not perfection. We are perfectly imperfect and that's fine. So. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. So um, we did get a question from Nikki. She just says, love a reading. If you want to break into the conversation and do a reading, and then we can get back to conversation. Because I want to know oh about Oh, my gosh. Yourself. I didn't even know that was going to be a possibility. I don't have cards anywhere close to me. Uh-oh. Um, oh. We're, you know what? I'll tell you what. If you ever want to do a live show where we do readings for your audience, I would love to do that. And we'll okay. Do you know what I mean? We could just do Hope's doing live readings today. And I'm so sorry I was not prepared for that. I, I apologize. Uh, I saw in your in your live event or in your event that you were like, I'm not sure if I'm doing readings today. So I just kind of ran with that. I should. Oh. So. Oh, Nikki, sorry. Don't worry. Don't worry. So, Nikki, next time you yes. will get. Yes. We'll announce it next time. Hope is prepared for readings and we'll do them. Sorry. No, no, no worries. So um, going back to the conversation, because I want to know about YesQuest. What is oh. YesQuest? So YES is an acronym for Your Essential Spirit. And okay. when you say yes to your essential, and so YesQuest is Your Essential Spirit Quest. You're questing to reach your essential spirit. And so, and then I thought, well, it can also be an acronym for saying yes to your essential spirit, for saying, I am, I am going to put my essential spirit in the forefront of my life and make it a priority. And I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and expand and I'm going to be happier for it. So yes, quest is just a landing space for learning how to, how to live your, your highest being your essential spirit, whatever that is. It's going to be different for every person because we are so unique. Um, I say that there are as many names for God as there are people on the planet. Every relationship is unique. Everybody's spiritual path is unique and is never going to be the same as anybody else's. We cannot hold that, them to our standards in that regard. So, right. yeah. Quest is all about learning how to identify your essential spirit, how to live it, how to enjoy it. Because I also believe that life is for enjoying. It's not for enduring. Uh, I don't like this idea that 
spirituality has to be painful and a struggle. We make it that way because we're not applying the lesson to our life as we go along. And so, um, yeah, Yes Quest is all about that. It's a learning forum. And I encourage people to participate more. But I, I think that in general, people are uncomfortable talking about it. And I don't know how to make it a, a safer place. You know, people, I think people don't want to appear weak or not as enlightened as the next person. And that's self-defeating. Right. Keep you where you are. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping that I get the right words or the right vibration to encourage people to participate more in the group and to to come to my live readings to they're free and to um, ask questions and comment and share their own perspectives. It's not my it's a group page. It's not a business page. It's it's for us to be together a community. So that's why I used to have a business page called Wise Women Pathways. Some of your listeners might have known about that. I had almost 4,000 followers on that. However, because it was a business on Facebook, it it became a numbers game and it really drained me and took the joy out of the work for me. And I had to change my focus and change how I was going to deliver my services. Right. When I became an author. (laughs) Ah, yeah. So you have two books out already? You're working on your third, is that right? I'm working on uh, two more. So I've I've published a book called Stone Grid Magic, Making Something Out of Nothing. It's uh, people how to manifest using the flower of life as a template. And then I am going to publish this weekend a book called Learning a Personal Awareness Journal. And it is written in a journal form. It's got 52 chapters. Um, each week, you take a chapter, you read it, you journal on it. I've given you space to do artwork. I've given you journal questions to explore. All kinds of really good stuff in this book. Um, exercises to do. So that's going to get published this weekend. Please join the Yes Quest for this humongous launch because I'm going to be giving away crystals and books oh. and just all kind of goodies. It's going to be a big party. I want people to really get as excited about this book as I am. So that's going to happen this uh, weekend. And then I'm also working on my ethics of energy work Uh and a book called the four seasons of goddess. And yeah, it's uh, it's anecdotal, but it's also a good reference book about how to work with the moon phases, the seasons, how they, correlate with the seasons of our life and all that good stuff. It's, it's going to be a fun book. So I'm excited about both of those books too. Oh yeah. I'm excited about all four of them. <laughs> so because the stone grids really sounds like you can just go out in your garden or your yard and pick up some stuff and put it out oh. and work on manifesting. Now some people will say, Oh no, you have to go and spend money and buy this crystal and that crystal. No, you can use acorns, Stones, feathers, seashells, it doesn't matter. It's the gritting part that matters. And it's the energy and intention and the 
So also in this book, I talk a lot about um, activation affirmations, okay? So <clears throat> affirmations, I don't know if everybody understands this, they have to be already true in order for them to work, okay? So for instance, you cannot be, I'm gonna use myself for instance, okay? Because I'm an over, overweight woman. So I cannot stand in front of a mirror <clears throat> and keep telling myself, I weigh 120 pounds when in reality I don't because my spirit self will say, you're a big fat liar. You do not weigh 120 pounds and that affirmation will not work. However, if I stand in front of a mirror and I say, I love my body. I'm a healthy, active woman. That is a truth. And so then it starts, my, my psyche starts going, yeah, Okay, active, healthy, what is that to us? It starts aligning with it to become true, manifested in my life. So activation affirmations work the same way in Stone Grid Magic. You, you have this intention and then you speak it as if it was already manifested. And then it just, it, it kind of gets released into the universe, the universe says, oh, I get you, and sends it back to you manifested in the physical. So that's the whole concept around stone grid magic, creating some or making something from nothing. Because basically that's what it is. Energy doesn't have form until we do something with it. Then it has form. Then it has matter and becomes a solid fixture in our life. So we, we have to work. Uh, this is the problem I have with the law of attraction. Now, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction, but it doesn't go far enough to, and I'm going to go back to something you said about self-responsibility. It just keeps talking about wishing and visioning and wishing and visioning. Well, you got to work too. You can't just sit on your couch and just expect the universe to just go, okay, here you go. No, you have to put some effort into it. Put your energy into it. You're connecting with your intention, not just asking to be handed stuff. So, right. um, yeah, so Stone Grid Magic book, it talks a lot about all of that. And, and also it talks a lot about the ethics of manifesting and about um, not involving other people's free will in it and stuff like that. So it's a pretty interesting book. I love it. Okay. I'm so you. sorry to interrupt. I just also wanted to mention this full of links to meditations and stuff. So it's got all kinds of stuff in it. Okay, good. Because remember that too, because just to let everybody know, you do have a YouTube site that's full of meditations and exercises and information. And so, so it's, it doesn't have to stop. They don't yeah. have to stop to know you after this hour between us is over. They can go to the yes quest. They can come to your party this weekend. They can look you up on YouTube um, yeah. under your name. Hope Sagit? Um, yes, it's under rev, uh, rev dot hope. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Rev hope. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I will also make a point of uh, putting a link on the Yes Quest page too. And I'll address it that this is the follow up to the interview. Here's some additional information. So you guys can always go there. I'll pin it to the top of the page so you don't have to look through everything. But please do look through those posts because they're interesting, for lack of a better word. <laughs> And that's and they're probably really interesting and fascinating on their own level. And I can't wait to check them out, too, because, like I said, you have a background that I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to dig into her. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Um, but free will. I love this. We come around again to free will. And it's not only your own free will, but the free will of other people in your life. So you're not trying to con control, manipulate, or otherwise, you know, um, direct another person or manipulate their feelings a lot of i've had uh people come to me saying they want help um to make somebody fall in love with them and i'm like no i will not be able to help you with that um but then we start talking about you know what are you really looking for is it the qualities of this person if so then let's just address that you know so it's I really stay away from that manipulative stuff and I caution other people too that it just backfires it's, and and you can't force somebody to do something not even my cat will obey me so I don't try it on people either <laughs> yeah, my dogs don't really listen <laughs> yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I know that it's really hard especially for parents who or like, well, I have to, you know, they're my child. I have, but they're an adult child and they have free will and you cannot, cannot make them toe the line the way you want them to. You've got to let them come to it themselves. And I say, listen, if you'd like me to be helpful here, have them call me for a reading, have them call, you know, contact me directly. Let me work one-on-one -on -one with them instead of working through you so that you can tell them what to didn't know. I'm not going to do that. Right. Even even young children have yeah. to have the ability, you know, to learn how to make conscious choices. Yeah. Especially around spirit matters. Especially yeah. when you're talking about, you know, their feelings about the world and their place in it and things like that, you know, you and how to express themselves and yeah, and to be their own unique selves. We I've met parents who want cookie cutters of themselves in their children. And that is, that's robbing them of a rich, rich life. They're living your life and, and not their own. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not a parent. And I know that's gotta be such a hard, hard job, but there comes a point where a child needs to be nurtured for who they are and not changed. Thank you. Yeah. So and respected for who they are and, and their their regular like their own beliefs and their own desires. Yeah. Respected. Yeah. 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 Do you talking about parents and family and things like that? Do you do generational healing? What are your ideas? I do. I do okay. generational healing, especially through a shamanic practice because shamans travel a timeline we can go in the past we can go in the future um yeah so it it yeah absolutely generational stuff through shamanic work is is very powerful um i first got turned on to that through a past life uh, experience that i had for myself and then i was like after after the experience well, i'm giving myself chills after the experience i was like oh i've got to do something about that I can't let this continue. And so that's when I started shamanic work on my own generational issues. And that's when I saw the impact, I was like, yeah, I can do this. 
for other people. It's right. It cuts the ties. It just cuts the ties. And you literally walk out of the experience lighter, like physically lighter. I bet if you got on the scale, you would have lost five or 10 pounds. You just are lighter. I'm not literal with that. I'm just I <laughs> saying that's what it feels like. <laughs> I'll, I'll be contacting you after. <laughs> weight loss program. Cut your ties. <laughs> Weight Watchers is getting referrals now. <laughs> but yeah, but no, that's good though too because generational things they do. It's it's um it's not only encoded in our DNA, but it's also behaviorisms and mannerisms that are passed from one person to the next, and then you know these traumatic experiences that shape the way that we interact with other people, with ourselves, and with our children. And our children, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And on that note, think, say, thank you for bringing up DNA, because one of the newest services that I offer people is a reawakening of those DNA strands. Those DNA strands that science tell us is junk is uh -huh. actually generational memories. I mean, all the way back to the dawn of time. I went to Hawaii about three years ago. Yeah, about three years ago. And had the most intensive shamanic experience with whales. And what was gifted to me was the awareness that the blue whale, one of the oldest living creatures on this earth, who dives the deepest into the murky, murky depths of the ocean has a song. And that song is the key to activating those DNA strands. And when you do, you are connected to your ancestral history of, of wisdom and strength and, and knowledge that is in our blood. DNA is just the molecule of the blood that runs through our body that is passed on to us through generation, 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 since the dawn of time. So that DNA can actually be activated and unlock the memories that are stored in there from your ancestors. And I'm not talking about, you know, the time that grandma went to the farmer's market and found the perfect watermelon. Not those memories. I'm talking about memories that are life-changing, that of, of uh, uh, strength, that just this thought of this big oceanic blue whale strength of swimming and, and, and carrying this coded information that, that they're gifting to us. You said something earlier about this being the time of shifting and learning and becoming and everything. And that's why all of these gifts are now being offered to us. Right. The Song of the Blue Whale activation, that's a gift. Uh, some new crystals are coming up and out of the earth now. Those are gifts. So, um, yeah. And new teachers are coming up. New mm -hmm. teachers are stepping into the forefront. People are, are, are learning that even though they're a 7-Eleven checker, they're still a teacher healer, but they still have it within them 
to make positive impacts in the world just for living a good life, living the life of their dreams. Right, right. And a person's profession in some instances doesn't limit their ability to instill and promote change because absolutely, we're all, you know, kind of living and we are the foreshow, um, the, the example for the people around us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Example. Like you were, yes. Like we were talking about earlier example. Yeah. You, you, you could just be. And, and that's another thing is that people are, are striving so hard to be what they think that they have to be when really all they have to do is just be, just be themselves. Right. Just relax into who you are because who you are is so beautiful. It, I mean, my God, you're so unique. It's like a rare treasure. You are a rare treasure because there's only one of you. <laughs> so, you know, that's the way I look at people. There's only one of you. There will never be or will there ever be another one of you. There's right. it. Right. So that's, make, that's what makes us priceless. And we're all, here's the really cool part, is that we're all still part of the one, the one, you know, that we're just drops of water in the ocean of the one. Right. And I think that's scary for some people, though. I think that it's really, you know, kind of, they can't accept who they are, number one, um, because they've been told, you know, and society or the magazines or, you know, films or yeah, your, your spouse, even in your some spouse. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. tell you that, you know, you there's something lacking that mm-hmm. you're not as good as you can be. And there's a I, I understand striving to be your best self. But there's a big difference between striving to be your best self and actually striving to be somebody else. Right. Somebody else's yeah. idea of a best self. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You're right. right. You have to determine what that is for yourself, what your best self is. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Right. And it seems like the yes quest, going back to that, is something that kind of allows or encourages a person to kind of go into that space of yeah. being their best self. And, you know, right now, I mean, I was thinking about this while you were talking about it. A lot of times people aren't, aren't really sure that um, they're in a private setting um. or um, and Mark Zuckerberg for, I'm sorry, Mark, I know if you're listening to this or whatever, because we're on Facebook, but the actions in the past year have really decreased the amount of confidence people have, I think, in in sharing on social media formats, which is sad because. Yes. And yeah. thank you for bringing that up, because just this morning, I have decided to make the Yes Quest uh, private. I'm taking it off of public. Okay. So the public lands on that page. They can see the basic information, but they cannot see your comments. They cannot see my posts. You have to be a member of the group. And I didn't want to do that, but because of exactly what you're saying, privacy, I want people to feel safe. And so if I post the confidentiality guidelines and agreements of this group and you agree to it when you join, you will be held to those standards and or those expectations. And I hope right. that that would increase um, everybody's confidentiality assurance. It would make them feel more assured that, that they're in a safe place to discuss whatever they want to discuss. 
with right. me, if you go private with me, it's one of the things that I guarantee you that I am going to create a safe and confidential environment for you. You are not ever going to be harmed or maligned or any craziness like that in, in my space and the space that I create for you. Because unless somebody is willing to go become vulnerable, to become vulnerable, they cannot get over their stuff. They, they can't. They have to open up. And opening up means vulnerability. Right, right. So, I agree that we have to establish confidentiality. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up. When we're off this call and I start updating Yes Quest with this interview information, I'm going to change the settings on that group to private. Right. So people will have to join. They have to join anyway. So, you know, hey, let's have an agreement with it that you're not going to um, harm anybody here and that you're going to hold this conversation confidential. Right. And I think sometimes people forget, too, that they're sharing, they're being courageous enough to share opens the door for other people to share. We all well. learn from each other. Yes. Yes. I agree, Sue. I agree that somebody has to take that first step, be the brave person. of, You know, I try to live a transparent life for that very reason. I want people to know I make mistakes. I'm a goofball. I, I will fall down and make a fool out of myself. I will try things and fail. You know, it doesn't matter. I keep persevering. I keep having faith in myself and my abilities and, and my connection to my higher self. And I keep going on. Uh, that's all you can do. You, that's all you can do as a person. Right. There's and nothing. even as a spiritual leader, is your cat coming? In? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Now, even as a spiritual leader, I think that's really important, too, because I think that people sometimes think that either we put ourselves on pedestals or they try and put us on their own little pedestal to say that, you know, and I prefer to work with people on a on a peer level yeah. as opposed on. A, I mean, in some points, I have to be like leader and guide. Bye. But mm -hmm. I, but on the other side, it's it's more like walking together instead of, um, exactly. yeah. And I don't want, oh, I'm sorry. No, you can't. <laughs> well, I was just going to add that somebody called me a guru one time, and I said, no, uh-uh, I'm not a guru. I am not going to be that person for you. I don't mm -hmm. even like to talk about my followers. I try to call them community members. You know, it's, it's the whole your language dictates how your mind kind of works, you know? So I, I hear what you're saying. It's a peer level thing. We are in this together. We're going to get through it together. I'm just going to facilitate it. I'm a facilitator. That's all I am. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that word facilitating. So you're facilitating change. You're facilitating healing. Sometimes you're bringing it up for them, but ultimately they're the ones who are responsible to apply these things and you know they say that healers aren't really like you said it's not coming through you it's not coming from you you're a channel for it you're a vessel for it and a lot of times we're triggering the ability of the person that we're working with to heal themselves yes 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 that's whole, my whole pr principle of, of doing it for them is to you know show them how they can start doing it for themselves you know and 
And it just delights me, delights me when a client says they don't need me anymore because they got it and they're moving right. on. I'm like, whoa, let's celebrate. It's graduation right. day. I love that. Right. Yeah, because that is the goal. And we don't want to get people like hooked on our work or anything. We want to take them to the next level and say, you know, go forth and prosper. Kind of. Lie, little bird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, and I really think too that the shamanic stuff really is gives it a lot of earthy grounding as far as you know it brings it back to this level. And sometimes, exactly. so we came from the earth, we came from our ancestors, those are the two main focuses in shamanic work. And I just want to mention here on air that I am not a Native American shaman. Um, even though I did study with a Native American shaman for a year and a half. My ancestry is European. It's Native American too, but I vibe more with Northern European shamanism. So yes, we still have the same tools as Native American people, but our, our way of going about it is different. We don't tie prayer bundles. We do something different, you know, but we still have the rattles, the drums, the you know that whole thing is still present but it's native it's not native american it's northern european right and i like the fact that you bring up the that there are different um different lineages of shamanic work and you know in europe i think that a lot of the the people who would have been passing this on were actually burned in yes. Mm -hmm. uh, or or killed or you know gotten rid of disposed of and there is a different there are multiple shamanistic paths and it's not just mongolian it's not just american indian it's not just south american or yeah 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 and it's like a folk yeah ancestral earthy kind of you know spirituality Exactly. Based on the traditions of that culture, they all do the same work, but it's the, the delivery is based on the culture. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think sometimes people get too tied up in titles and origins and. And Hollywood stories. Thank I you. Mean, really Hollywood yeah. has done us harm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they make it a little weird. And um, it's nothing weird like that. I'm not gonna, you know, have dancing bears or, you know, crazy things like that around. So, but you might see them in your own head, but no. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think we're gonna wrap up now. Is there anything that you wanna tell people that they should know about um, working with you or any last thoughts that you wanna impart on? audience today um something that i want to address in a longer video one day i will address right here and that is the word deserve when we talk about deserving we are judging you can't say he deserves that she deserves this she doesn't deserve that you're judging including when you say it to yourself you're judging and often too harshly as a child of God, as a child of the universe, as a child of whoever you pray to, you deserve a good life automatically, just for being, just for being. And if you could adopt that 
and just work from that vibration of I am a good person and everything good in this world is mine, you'll be fine. You just don't worry about the petty stuff. Don't worry about deserving things. It's, it's not a judgment. It, it is what it is. And even the bad things, bad things that happen to us have a good purpose. We just need to discover what that is and move on. Right. And that's really my closing remark. We need to be more gentle with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, agree. I really appreciate this time. Thank you so much, Sue. I had a great, great time with you today. And I did. Thank and if you. you ever want to host a live uh, reading with your with your listeners, I would love to do it. I would love to do it. So it's very quick. It's just one card readings, but I tell you, people get a lot out of it, a lot. So if you ever want to do it, just give me a buzz. I will definitely, and I'd love to have you on again after you know your book comes out and you get a little bit farther on your holistic um, medicinal practices and okay. yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And again, this was Hope Second, and she has a group on Facebook. It's called the Yes Quest, Y period, E period, S period, Quest, Q-U-E-S-T. Yes. And you can find there. Um, and right now her website is a product in the main Yes, because I switched from Wise Woman Pathways to Yes Quest. It's gonna it's still being built, so sorry, it's a little bit out there yet. No, no. You can always reach me on Facebook. Yep, reach you on Facebook, and then also um, check out your YouTube channel. Yes, and my yes. bio on Sue's page because it also has my email address. Yes, exactly. So the bio on Spiritual Business Spotlight. So thank you once again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you and getting to know you. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Okay, you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Spiritual Business Spotlight. This was Sue Ellis Seller, and today I was interviewing Hope Suggett from The Yes Quest. And you can find her work on Facebook, and you can also find her listing on Spiritual Business Spotlight's directory. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk soon.